Hello, welcome back to another episode of Crowdwork Cast. My name is Andrew Barnett. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, apologies, first off, for uh, the lack of episodes over the last couple of weeks. Um, unfortunately, we've had quite a bit going on, unable to nail down a few guests and uh, a whole bunch of stuff going on. But um, thank you very much for tolerating with me. And we're back on track now. And we're back on track in uh, in fine style with this week's guest. Uh, this week's guest is a gentleman by the name of Caesar Kaiser. Now, uh, if you've been around Sydney comedy at all uh, in the last 10 years, you, chances are you've come across Seizure in some capacity. Uh, Seizure runs, currently runs the, uh, the Comedy on the Edge comedy room at the Chippendale Hotel, which runs every Tuesday night, uh, Tuesday Night Live, as he calls it. Um, and uh, as well as that, he's also um, produces a number of, uh, number of shows that have been uh, in, the, in the various festivals around the place, uh, most notably... Uh, Yo Mama Battle and the uh, 60 in 60, uh, where you have 60 comedians in a 60-minute show. Everyone gets one minute each, uh, which is a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, this week, uh, Seizure and I sat down. We um, we met up at uh, the Lewisham Hotel uh, just before uh, there was an open mic running there and we were both going in to try a bit of new stuff. So we, we decided we'd meet early. And sit down and have a chat. So you might hear a bit of background noise, maybe a poker machine or a, or a cash machine working in this episode. But uh, that's what it is. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this is a really good episode. Um, but I should quickly plug all Seizure's social media. Um, if you enjoy this chat, you can find Seizure's stuff at imseizure.com is his website. I am Seizure. Seizure is spelled S-E-I-Z-U-R-E. His Twitter handle at I am Seizure, same on Instagram at I am Seizure, and his Facebook fan page is Seizure Kaiser. Um, check him out, uh, lovely dude, and I hope you enjoy this chat. Recording. All right, new episode. G'day, buddy. What's your name? Uh, Seizure Kaiser. Seizure Kaiser. Now, I've got to ask straight off, is that the name you were born with? No, I did legally change it. Um, yeah. You legally changed your name. Okay, so what was what was your original name? I don't tell anyone. You don't tell anyone? Yeah, but the clue is within my current name. So the clue is within your current name. Well, yep. there's a there's a challenge for all the listeners out there. <laughs> See if you can work out what seizure Kaiser. So it wasn't Kaiser seizure. Oh, it was close enough. <laughs> close enough. Yeah. So, d- okay, how old were you when you changed your name to uh, seizure? 22, 23, I think. Yeah. Can just jump up on that mic a little oh bit. Oh, yeah. Is that yeah. better? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 22, that. 23. 22, mm-hmm. 23. Mm-hmm. Wow. So what prompted the name change? Well, I used to be a DJ at a heavy metal nightclub, and uh, one night I held the strobe light down a bit too long, and four people had epileptic fits, <laughs> and everyone started calling me the seizure guy. So I was like, all right, and no one ever called me by my original name again. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you um, a DJ at a heavy metal nightclub? Heavy metal nightclub, yeah. Wow, I didn't know that existed. I thought that was mostly live music, the heavy metal stuff. Well, you got to play something in between band changeovers. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. That's um. So were you um, strictly DJ or you a uh, muso yourself? Uh strictly DJ. I don't have the talents to uh, play any instrument. I, s- I realized how yeah. condescending that actually just sounded. Yeah. <laughs> are you but strictly no, a DJ I or are you an actual yeah. muso? No, I agree with that. I uh, I, I don't think a, a club DJ is actually any, not really talented. Oh, what you can press a button that has a whoosh sound effect. 
Uh, is, that, is that the best you can do? Ooh, yeah. Uh, you can change songs at any random choice. You're playing someone else's music. I don't think... that There are DJs yep. and then there's disc jockeys. And most people are disc jockeys at clubs. Yeah. 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 DJs are mixing. And yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I tried the mixing thing. Yeah, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. It looks really hard to be It honest. is. Um, trying to get the beats per minute down. Um, trying to find the right, right song to mix with. Have the right sound effects as well. It's, it's quite difficult. Yeah. So you changed uh, 23, you changed your name to CJ. So up until you're 23, though, you, mm. you never you say you never talk about what your original name was. Yeah. Up until you're 23, like, did you just cut contact with everyone that knew your original name or are they, or no, are they just all on board <laughs> with the... Everyone just went on board. Um, even my mum well, oh, really? <laughs> goes on board with CJ now. Mrs. Uh, Kaiser. <laughs> yeah. So um, is, it the, is, it, is that your original last name? No, it's not. Change my wow. last name as well. Change your last name as well. Yeah. What did mum think of that? Um, she wasn't too happy about that. Uh, but then it was, you know, I was like, well, what can you do? I've already changed it. Um, unless you're going to pay the 120 bucks for me to change it back, I'm not doing it. So. <laughs> wow. And mum was like, you, ke- you keep it. So we, y- you got brothers and sisters? or Two younger brothers. Yeah. Two younger brothers. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the family name wasn't completely gone. No, no. I can imagine that would be... Uh, yeah, if that was the case, then, you know, different story, but... I got two young brothers. I can carry the legacy. So yeah. what? So seizure obviously came out of the that that was what your nickname basically became. Mm-hmm. Um, why Kaiser then? Well, it's German for king. Yeah. So I am the king of yeah. epilepsy. The king of epilepsy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a uh, that's an interesting claim to fame. I um yeah I don't know. <laughs> that. The king of epilepsy. I'm going to think of you completely differently from now on. <laughs> that's fantastic. I um. I suppose, like, so how much did you think about it or are you just an impulsive person? Oh, at the time I was impulsive. Uh, being, I- being in a music kind of scene where everything's fast-paced and everyone wants to just do something for a laugh or something different, yeah, you don't think twice. You just go do it. Uh, but, yeah, I've calmed down a lot since those days. Yeah, wow. So how old are you now? Do you mind? Uh, 32. 32. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is almost 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. You've been living as seizure. Yep. That's fantastic. Now, you... Um, so, so, with... with uh, why German? I don't for know. king? There's, there's plenty good. of other languages. Yeah, but... Uh, well, you can't call king. yourself king uh, when you legally change your name. Really? Yeah, you can't have any royal title unless you're actually royally appointed. You can't have man, you can't have woman, you can't have boy, girl. Uh, there are a few other, you can't have profanities in your name. Wow. So. See, I didn't know all this. So yep. you can't, you couldn't have called yourself the Seizure King. No, could not do that. It makes you wonder how the Pine King's been getting away with it for so long. <laughs> well, they, I'm sure they've got good lawyers. But yeah. it changes from state to state. Um, oh, wow. And in New South Wales, you can only change your name, I think, three times. That's really? It. Yeah. Wow. No, I wouldn't. Have, wouldn't have. And so you're you're basically got one strike at this point, yep. one down. So it, you think you'll ever change it again? If I have debt collectors, you're goddamn right, I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably not a bad tactic. Well, you're in comedy, as if you're going to ever have debt collectors. Come on, <laughs> I am a debt. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a, it is strange. Like when you know, when people ask what is your name, and I have to show them my license and go, see, I told you, and they're like, no, nah, that's fake. Then I have to pull out my bank card. See, oh they wow. still don't believe me. It's just like, well, I'm not showing you my passport. That's too far. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever's in my wallet, it's all there. Yeah. Yeah, nice. So um, what, what, what's your background then? Uh, Arab-Israeli. Arab-Israeli. Because mm. I was going to say, you don't look German. That was no. why I was um, 
confused by the decision to go with the the German for King. Mm. I, I thought it might have been a. Um, were you a fan of um, of the Usual Suspects? That's I only watched the Usual Suspects uh, I think two years ago. Oh really? Yeah, I never. I like I knew the ending because it was always on TV, but I always catch the ending of well, it. Well, the ending was ripped off in uh, Scary Movie One or Two. Oh, was it? Yeah, with with Doofy when he walks away. Oh yeah, yeah. First yeah. one, yeah. I f- completely forgot about that because that was yeah. such a great movie to remember. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, but you'd be a much bigger fan of that than the actual original, The Usual Suspects. No. The Usual Suspects <laughs> is uh, brilliant. It's a good yeah. puzzle film, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I, like, even knowing the ending, and just like, how does it all come together? And then you're mm. like, oh, oh, yeah. It makes total sense now. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like how I, watch, I watched The Sixth Sense after I knew the ending already at that point. Oh, really? Yeah, because I, I get laid on that boat. Yeah, that one that one holds up though. I think yeah. you can watch that having known the ending. Although I do I enjoyed watching it without knowing the ending and then watching it having known the ending and picking up on all the stuff yeah. that you missed on the first it's like, oh yeah, actually no one else was talking to him. Um yeah. Yeah, it's like when I watch uh, Breaking Bad for the second time. It's uh you know what's gonna happen. But you're like, oh, that's how they set this up. Oh, this is why they're putting this here. Yeah, see, yeah. I haven't watched all of... Well, I've watched uh, most of season one of Breaking Bad. And you're white and you haven't finished Breaking Bad? <laughs> yes, I... Uh, yeah. I it's, it's on my list. Like, I haven't even started. I haven't bothered starting Game of Thrones. Oh, I haven't started Game of Thrones. But I'm not a big fan of, like, dragons and shit like that. No, either uh, am can I. Can you swear on this? Yeah, you can oh, okay, swear. Cool. swear. I'll, just, I'll just put the little E on uh, the uh, on the <laughs> episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, neither here nor there. Um... No, I like I. I'm not a Mad Dragons fan. Um, uh, that sort of that sort of stuff, anyway. Mm. But I do I do appreciate decent storytelling. So I'm kind of mm. like I'm curious, but I haven't got the time. Yeah. To invest in it at the moment, like I'm just rather like, oh, the whole man. thing finish and then just watch all in one hit. Yeah. Like uh, that's how I did the Sopranos. Yeah, uh, the Sopranos was um yeah that was a commitment. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Six and a half seasons. Wow. Yeah. But such a great show. Yeah, well, that's a, that's the thing. I, I find I go through like, I go through stages with shows like that. Like I, I like rewatching, say, The Wire. Oh, brilliant um, show! Yeah, yeah. Or, or something like that. Because now I've seen it. I saw it the first time. I had to really concentrate. But now, like, if I want to want to watch something decent, but sort of half, not have to invest in the thinking the whole time. Mm. You can you can follow it because you know what's going to happen. You can follow along. Like yeah. I, I'm the same with the, I am um, a bit of a, a West Wing fan. Really? Yeah, I like oh, the West I've never Wing. seen the West Wing. I heard good things though. Yeah, it's it's quite good. Yeah. You kind of um especially watching this American election cycle. Um it's kind of one of those ones where you watch it and go, "Man, I wish this was really like this in real life." Yeah. But you know it's probably not. Well, um, remember that show, The Newsroom? Did you ever see that? Yes. Yeah, that I thought was really clever. Yes. It's like they'll do the last year, whatever happened last year, they'll actually incorporate into the show. Um, did that get a- axed or is that still I going? I don't know what's going on with The Newsroom. That, um, I think Aaron Sorkin just wanted to do two seasons because it uh-huh. was... Cause, and the same dude who wrote The West Wing, yeah. created The West Wing. Um, I think it was taxing the way they did it mm. because he had to be so up to date with everything that was going on but um, I'm not sure I hope it comes back I enjoy watching if you really want to blow your mind in terms of range um, watch uh, watch Dumb and Dumber <laughs> yeah. and then watch Jeff Daniels in the first episode of the newsroom Yeah, and you'll see um, let me throw another one in there Arachnid Arachnid uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you go from weird horror comedy yeah then dramas he, like, he's a great actor 
Oh, he's yeah. got so much in them. What What's amazing in the in the newsroom is how much gravitas he's got. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. he just really has a lot of gravitas. Where it's amazing that a guy can act in one movie, like Dumb and Dumber, like there's nothing going on behind his eyes. And then you, you watch the other movie and it's like a, a, a guy who's like, there's a, like, you can see a brain in there. Yeah, you're just like, whoa, this guy's got so much range. And yeah. I, I find it weird that Dumb and Dumber 2... Uh, not the prequel, the the official sequel. Yep. Um, Jim Carrey got paid, you know, twenty million, and Jeff Daniels got paid like sixty thousand. Are something. you serious? Yeah, because wow. Jim Carrey wanted to do it, so I had to pay him a, a you know, big paycheck. I don't know if it's twenty million or two million, some, but yeah. millions. And Jeff Daniels said, "Oh, I'll do it for the cheap," but he got, probably got a better deal out of um, post sales. Yeah. Like DVD and digital downloads. Yeah, you'd have to, you'd have to hope that he's got something yeah. on there. On the back end there. I, to be honest, I haven't seen that oh, yet. Don't bother. Yeah, this is the thing with a lot of those... Um, like, I was uh, Anchorman 2. Mm. Um, a lot of those sequels that are coming sort of 10, 12 years after the original. Uh, in the case of Dumb and Dumber, even longer, I think. But um, About 20 years for Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, when you see them the first time... Like, I love Dumb and Dumber. I love Anchorman 2. I love Anchorman. And I, uh, Anchorman 2 is probably... probably um, in some ways as good a movie mm. as Anchorman 1 but Anchorman oh, you, like I was a different person and it, it, it like at certain certain times and places you see a movie <laughs> it has a different effect yeah I'm the same with Zoolander Zoolander 2 was, a, oh. was another thing like I was watched Zoolander 2 and I was just like oh no no they're doing similar jokes and it's a similar yeah but times have changed and they haven't evolved um, but when it comes to comedy sequels in general uh, there's not that many. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard. Um, that are good, sorry. Th- there are many comedy sequels, don't get me wrong, but there's not many that's good. Well, um, yeah. obviously, the, the after you get into the, the sixth um, Police Academy, it starts to drop off. Oh, I don't know about you, I think. I <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Police Academy even... But the sequels came out relatively close to when the first one came out. So that it still kept that con- consistency. Yeah. With sequels that take, you know, 10, 20 years, you're like, why bother? Like, they're yeah, making exactly. a Twins 2, but it's called Triplets. Yeah. Oh, and really apparently Eddie Murphy's in the mix. Oh, good. Because um, yeah. we need that. That's what we needed. It's so, <laughs> it's so funny to, um, yeah, to look at guys like Eddie Murphy now, like, you know, doing Dr. Doolittle and that, and then see, then go back and actually just watch Raw or Delirious. Yeah, and you're, and like, you're just like, wow. You've become the person you hate. <laughs> Well, the other thing is the first what is it? The ten minutes of Raw, mm. you couldn't no way do that anymore. No, first ten minutes of Delirious is it where he's talking about the gays um, and yep. the doctors? Like you got that AIDS on your lips. Yeah, yeah. I don't want any packets. Look at yeah. my ass. <laughs> so, and now I've just offended. I've <laughs> oh just said one. Yeah. No, a, no, we're quoting. We're quoting. We're yeah, that's I'd, fine. I did it in an, a bad impersonation. I may have been racist and homophobic yeah. in one. People um, don't know you're white. It's a podcast. They can't yeah. see that you're white, like cream white. <laughs> <laughs> I am not cream yeah. white. I've been out uh, been out in the garden. I've um, a tinge <laughs> of red to me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Oh, man. So, okay. We got off there. Um, now, when I first... So, when you... How long have you been doing comedy? Uh, professionally, I'd say seven years. Seven, yep. eight years. Um, but I started 10 years ago, so you st- um, but I was not taking it seriously. So you started, is this, you still DJing? Still DJing at the time. Um, and also I was still in my film career, uh, which I used to make documentaries. Oh, cool. And, uh, I don't know if you've ever met a comedian called Mikey Milios. Do you I've met Mikey Milios. Yeah. Yes. He's the guy that started, uh, he got me into comedy. Uh, okay. he started first 
And I started following him, making a docker on it. And, you know, to get in the comedian mindset, I thought maybe I'll try to write a joke and then try it out one day. So I wrote a few jokes, tested it with Mikey. He's like, yeah, they're all right. And then six months later, he signs me up to an open mic night that I didn't even know. Nice. And gets me on stage. And it was one of the most nerve-wracking things because I wasn't a confident person back then. And, yeah, but that was the start of it. That first laugh made me keep going. That's, um, that is, it's, I, I think I'm trying to explain to people how I got started. It was a similar thing where, like, well, I, I, it was a conscious choice for me to try it, but I, I only ever intended really just getting up and doing it once. Mm-hmm. And then it is sort of addictive, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, people say, oh, but, you know, what's better? Uh, what, what, is it better than an orgasm? I'm like, yeah, because after an orgasm, you feel slightly guilty. <laughs> With comedy, you just, like, you want that rush all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I've, I, it's it's one of those things like I never feel more awake and more alert than as I'm walking off stage. Yeah. Just because you're, you're at that peak, um, adrenaline, and it's, it's, yeah. And there's nothing to clean up afterwards. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, actually, there's a lot. If you're bad, get your tears yeah. and your dignity and swipe that away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless you're a prop act. Oh, too. yeah. Um, oh. I don't, do we have any prop acts in Sydney? Oh, wait. I'm I guess there's think. two. Who? But they're not really prop acts. Scott Thompson and uh, Sean uh, Monaghan. But they're yeah. not very prop heavy. No. Yeah. Scott, Scott's much less prop heavy than he was when, when I first, first met him. When yeah. He, I think yeah. when we both, around the time we both first started. First time I ever met him was backstage at the comedy store um, in Raw? the heat of Raw. Yeah. Wow. And he pulled a shovel out of his pants. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, very... Uh, I know it's like a magician kind of trick shovel. Like mm. the other night, he did it at my venue, and uh, he was wearing shorts. So I'm like, "Where the hell were you hiding it?" Yeah, it's yeah. amazing, isn't it? Mm. It's, it is weird to um, it is weird to see that happen. But yeah, he um, yeah. Other than that, there's not heaps of I don't think. I don't think pop comedy is it's because it costs a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> and well, you need that. a car, and no one drives. Yeah, and I yeah. think too, like comedy um, goes in cycles, and I think it's probably just not not the in thing at the moment. <laughs> but even then, like there's guys like Tim Vine. Yep. He's a pop comic. You, all you need is just one good one and no one else can do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, unlike stand-up where everyone's got a different point of view, pop comedy really relies on those props to work and to be funny, which is much harder, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, but it's also cheaper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you got into comedy that way. Now, um, you... I don't want to... Um, I don't want to out you too much, but you used to wear makeup on stage. Mate, outed me. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't. I don't know. You, but yeah, you used to wear goth makeup. Yeah, goth makeup, but it wasn't like the heavily intense version that you see in my um, Facebook photos and stuff. Uh, like, like I said, it carried from my goth days, uh, well, goth battle days. I'd wear face paint, but I'm yep. also a big fan of Insane Clown Posse because uh, I think they're great entertainers. Musicians, eh, not so much, but <laughs> they are fun to watch. Yeah. And my, because I always go, whenever I do something, I always have a marketing angle uh, yep. when I go on stage. So I'm thinking, what's going to separate me from every other guy on the lineup? Everyone's wearing, you know, blue jeans, white shoes, spiky hair. Uh, and this was like when I first started, uh, when it was in. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, that was a real, um, hey, really big white shoes with blue jeans. Oh yeah, that was massive. Um, and I was, I was there. Like, I did it. Yeah. Did you really? <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. Can you believe it? I never. I didn't own white shoes, so I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they're not a very goth color. 
exactly. But I thought, oh, I can just wear black. But then you blend in with the background too much. So I thought I'll start wearing my face paint, which I used to do when I was DJing. Yep. Um, and back from my metal days. Even if I sucked, people still remembered me. And they would find me easier online. They'd be like, oh, the guy with the face paint. And it's, it's weird um, how even if you suck, but you have such a... You leave such a mark with people. They'll mm. remember you more than the guy that killed did great jokes, but no one remembers him because he looks like everyone else. It's funny, um, and that's a really uh, good point because I've noticed like no one really remembers comedians' names. No. Like you, you have to have incredible levels of success before people really remember your name. The amount of times like I've had people say to me, "Oh yeah, my favorite comic. He's the guy that does." Mm. Or, you know, she's the girl that does. There's and not. That's the like no one remembers bits either. No. It's, uh, comedy, unfortunately, is like takeaway food for most people. They don't yeah. really invest that much time into it. Um, unless it's like at a level where, you know, just for last level or something. You know? mm. um, but yeah, no one remembers. It's kind of strange how we. Well, a, as an audience, when I first started, before I got into comedy, I remember watching all these big name acts like Arj Barker, Carl Barron. These are the guys I used to see on TV and then I'll go watch their show. Yep. I didn't even know this scene existed. Yeah. There was, yeah. There was no, no one's like, oh, how do you get in comedy? I thought you just start at the end more. Yeah, it, it, is a, it is a weird um, scene. I, I remember thinking the same thing. It was like, I was interested in it. I was like, well, how does this start? And then um, I remember going down a lot to the mic in hand uh, at Glebe and then just, oh, okay. And then you see see people and go, oh, maybe, I, maybe I'll give this a bash. Well, th that was really funny because I remember the first time I went to a comedy night. Uh, we went and go, uh, it was like a small little pub uh, and, we, and the person who was on first, the only reason I remembered him is because I saw him at Arj Barkagi. He was opening for Arj and that oh, was wow. Sam Bowring. Oh, wow. Yeah, because he did this joke that made me laugh so hard. I was like, I know I've seen this guy before. And I'm just trying to put it in my mind, trying to put it in mind. And then I was like, so, did you ever open large? He's like, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing here? You're just doing the end for like two and a half thousand people. And now you're doing it for 10? He's like, well, this is comedy. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what it's like too. That that really does sum it up. Because, yeah, you're, you're right. Because one minute you're, or one day you're doing doing a great gig and, mm. you know, it, it, it does. It's all very professional. And then you're back, um, you know, like we are tonight. We're actually recording this. Uh, in the Lewisham Hotel uh, in Lewisham, in Sydney. And uh, we're both... Part of Crown Comedy. Yeah, part yes. of Crown Comedy. We're both here because uh, Crown Comedy run an open mic night and they said we can pop by and try some new stuff, so... Yep, and uh, it's funny because this place I used to DJ at. <laughs> oh, really? Ago. Yeah. Wow. Um, Back in the goth that What is a... Can I, I... And this sounds very ignorant... Um, and I, I understand, like, I, um, I know, like, I'd know, I know a goth to see a goth, mm -hmm. um, but I've never quite, what, what's the, the underlying, I don't want to say ideology, but the underlying ethos of, <coughs> of the goth community. Is well, it a community? Yeah, it's a community of sorts, but I, I realized real quickly when I was in that scene, I was like very against all types of music and all types of other, you know, influences. I was like, no, this is our thing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it. And so I don't realize everyone's just the same. Like every clique, every group, every subculture, it's the same issues everyone has. It's the mm. same problems everyone complains about. They just like a certain type of music better. Yeah. Um, with goths, it mostly is the outcasts from high school and the people that never fit in. So, you know, they'll find another bunch of people that, f um, uh, that also didn't fit in and they'll bond together over this particular genre of music. But then there's subcultures within that. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, and that's, I did a documentary on this called Tribes. 
about the okay. music subcultures. And where, where, if anyone's listening and would like to learn more, where could they find that? If they could find it, uh, I can't even find it anymore. <laughs> um, I used to have it on like my mini DV tapes when I used to film on my camera. That all got stolen years ago. Oh wow! Um, I know I had it in some short film festivals and I got some awards from it, but they don't have a copy either. So it's like, well, that's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Hopefully, yeah. internet will do the right thing and it'll turn up. Yeah. Like if that. someone has it, please let me know. I'll give them a reward or something, like a ticket to an open mic night. Uh, yeah. Uh, no one come, wants that. Come see Caesar do eight to ten minutes of brand new material. You're pushing it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so what what so the look? Yeah. Is, it, is there anything in particular behind the look? What what's What's the idea behind the look of the goth? Uh, Describe it first off for anyone who doesn't know, and then uh, all black, uh, white makeup. Uh, not heavy white makeup, I do, but that's because I'm not white at all. And um, <laughs> so pale, look, pale. Try to give pale yeah. face sort uh, of stuff. Vampires. Yep, that's the best. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, now I'm guessing you were you popular in high school? Um, I don't know. I don't. I I never felt popular, but mm. I, I don't think I was particularly. I was I was able to, like I was friends with different groups of people. I yeah. suppose. So I, I everyone knew your name, right? Yeah, a, l- a lot of people knew my name, yeah. So for the goths, goth kids and stuff, no one knew who they were. You know, even if they're like nerdy, they still didn't really know who they were. So you dress up like that and you get noticed. Yeah. Even if okay. you get negative attention, it's still getting noticed. Yeah. That's where my marketing comes from. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is uh, this is interesting. Yeah, because I hadn't really thought of it in, ter- in those terms. Because I'm just trying to think. We, we had a couple of kids at my high school like later high school that you'd probably say yeah it's sort of dressed gothish mm-hmm. but um did you go up in the country i did mostly in the country yeah, yeah. i we moved to i was out in a little place called corowa mm-hmm. until uh finish year 10 out there and then we the family moved to newcastle in uh, for year 11 and 12 so okay i was there but i like i would, i don't know i was one of those kids i sort of just i had my i generally had a group of close mates and then I just sort of knew a bunch of other people mm. but I, I really felt like I'd, you know, I was much more comfortable with just a small group of close mates and then knowing a bunch of people yeah. rather than feeling like I had to service a million friendships. I always yeah, felt well like... We never had the popularity thing in Australia like in America. That's yeah. completely different. You know, if you were popular in high school, every, all doors were open for you. Here no one gave a crap. Yeah, Everyone exactly. Was like, mm, whatever. You know, you upped yourself. But mm. if you were... The, if you were known within the other cliques and the other groups, uh, people were more likely to invite you to things. And yeah. I remember when I first started high school, like I tried hanging out with the cool kids and I was invited to a few parties here and there. When you're 13, you go to like birthday parties and crap. But then I was shunned a lot because I didn't fit into their point of view. I didn't like... Where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up in like Bankstown, Greenacre area. Okay, yeah. So get away as fuck. And... <laughs> <laughs> um, like my, it's weird. For the Arabs, my era, they were heavily hip hop influenced. Yep. I never got into hip hop. I didn't understand why some guy would talk about how rich he is, and I no one can relate to that, especially in our era because we're poor. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm, what, he's talking about a Mercedes. Fucking, I got a Toyota. You know. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> um, so I didn't get into that. I didn't get into popular music because back then it was like Backstreet Boys and all this generic pop crap, and I was like, this is this is lame. You know. And then uh, one day Metallica started playing Sad But True and it just hit with me and I was like, wow, this is, this is really cool. And I was more into metal than I was into goth. Goth was like when I was more of an adult because yeah. um, I could drink absinthe at that time. But, <laughs> but yeah, it just resonated with me. The lyrics meant something. And I know there's like indie rock bands and all that that do that kind of you know, yeah. touch the soul. 
But for me, it was what came to me at a time, and I was like, this is cool. This is something that I'm interested in. Yeah. And when I told it to everyone in high school, they all were like, oh, you listen to middle that rah, rah, rah shit. And I'm like, okay, obviously you guys don't go beyond your... Yeah, that's, a, that's weird because I was a real, um, and I don't know if it was a product of the time or, but I found all that R&B and the, um, the pop type stuff. I, I felt when I was like sort of late high school, like that was almost embarrassing to be into. Like really? For me and my, like, cause it was just, yeah, it just felt poppy and, but, um. But so what, early hip hop or like late hip hop? Oh, hip hop, hip hop, not so much. Like, hip, like hip hop in terms of. So what year did you graduate? You I graduated know? in 99. Oh, yeah. Okay. So All right. finished so high yeah. school in 99. So you still had the, like, the, yo, girl, uh, kind yeah. of music. Yeah. That sort of music was, that sort of music was just seen as a bit, like, for me. Like, I had, a, I had one mate in particular who was way into it. Like, really? Usher and all that sort of stuff. And I was just like, I <laughs> never understood it. <laughs> yeah. Never understood it. It was never particularly. And uh, look, now I can listen to it and go, okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's just sort of, it's not, it's like, um. It's like junk food, man. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's nice, but mm. it's no, not fulfilling. But yeah, exactly. It's not fulfilling. That's the point. Um, when, when I got it, when I was in po- like that end of high school, the music I got into, I was I became obsessed, a bit obsessed with um, bands like Something for Kate. Oh, yeah. Um, sort of that end of that grunge, that so sort so of post So it was like, um, it was rock, but it was light rock. Yeah. Yeah, it was rock, but it was also, it was... Um, Moody and yeah, you know, sort of like so it was. Stu- it wasn't indie rock exactly because it was just mm. gener- uh, not generic. It was the mainstream in a way. Um, like what's that band I'm thinking of? Third Eye Blind and all that kind no, of stuff. No, no, no. Third Eye. So Third Eye Blind's more up party rock. That's like um, something for yeah. Kate. Were real, like um. Oh yeah, no, no, I know. They're some more um, yeah. yeah, sort of more. Uh, they were anyway. They were more angsty. So yeah. it was. A, it was sort of the end of what what sort of grunge evolved in it was a bit cleaner it was like it was a pop a version of Soundgarden yeah it, sound yeah. it, so it was yeah it was what sort of scaled down I suppose mm. similar sort of stuff but yeah it was that sort of angsty sort which of stuff which I, I quite liked I was trying to think who else I got into it was a stage where I was into big into Arrested Development um, really in terms of uh, wow. yeah, sort of rap sort of hip hoppy type stuff so with rap like I said Insane Clown Posse is my favourite band and I listen to them in, oh band I use the term use the term loosely yeah um, but I listened to them in high school but it was the only rap I listened to I didn't listen to Snoop I didn't listen to Tupac I wasn't into any of that now I will listen to that stuff and go this stuff's actually really good mm. but because of my bias because of the whole um, outsider thing I was like no I have to stick to what I believe yeah. in yeah 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit the same like there's yeah. songs now that I'll happily enjoy that I remember just like if, if it came on when I was like, no, nah, man, this, is, this isn't this is good music. This yeah. Isn't, yeah, yeah. And you're just now like, now it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's a song. It's nice. And, you know, you can listen to it. Well, I know this is your podcast, but I've got a question yeah, for feel, you. Yeah, feel free. <laughs> um, you, uh, when when did you actually get into music? When when did you realize music was a thing? Oh, that's um, probably... Uh, I'm just trying to think. My earliest memories of being obsessed, like playing music. First, first album I ever bought mm-hmm. um, was. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's gonna be good. <laughs> it was. It was excellent. Uh, Daryl Braithwaite. Um, yeah. And it was the not horse Edge. It was Edge. So oh, okay. it was the one with uh, One Summer and uh, uh, a few other things. And now, and that was uh, it. Was on LP, um, <laughs> on record because I'm old as shit. And uh, yeah, it was. I just remember, like, just I knew the the song because I, I was I've got a, 
bit of a thing that I, you know, I was always, I'd listen to, if I hear, heard songs on radios, I'd pick up lyrics real quick and sing along and, you know, songs that get stuck in my head. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I kind of always wanted to be good at music and that sort of stuff and just never was. Well, uh, the rock star lifestyle is glamorous. Yeah. Uh, and uh, oh, Daryl Braithwaite's, uh, you know, living testament to that. Yeah. <laughs> But, okay, well my musical history is like, as a kid, was Michael Jackson, right? Oh, Michael and Jackson was great. Yeah, and I love Michael Jackson. Um, but he would have loved you when you were a kid. I know. Uh, <laughs> I could have been famous. <laughs> um, <laughs> or at least rich. Well, that's the thing. It was weird because, like, when those allegations came out in the early 90s, you know, I kind of was aware something was not right. Yeah. Uh, but I was still a kid then. And I stopped listening to music at that point. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't listen. Like, that was about when I was seven, eight, I think. And I stopped mm. listening to music until I was like 13. Oh, wow. But my reintroduction was Tom fucking Jones. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Tom Jones. I was like, nice. this is cool. Who yeah. is this guy? And uh, he, he had a song that came out called If You Only Knew. Yep. Right? It wasn't his best song. Right? But it was just like, this guy's old. He doesn't care. Um, who yeah. is he? And I started looking him up. And then I, you know, Delilah and all that. I was like, this is awesome. But it was dated. And I didn't want to be uncool at school. So I was like, okay. Yeah, uh, I gotta find something else, and I try listen to that R and B, and try listen to the pop, and like try. Yeah, I like Backstreet Boys. I like the the one with the hat. You know. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. See now, Backstreet Boys in in my social circles were never. Um, it was it, you would never like it. You would never admit to liking them. Yeah. Even if you did, you wouldn't have admitted it, mm. just because it was it was not considered uh, it cool. Would, like yeah. And, in, and I don't know if that's... I, d- I feel like the town I grew up in, like, up until year 10, was kind of almost, like, really grunge was the the dominant um, yeah. music the kids got into in my... sort of of my age group and a bit older. Yeah. Well, and see, so uh, well, the school I went to, Stratford South, uh, represent, uh, was... <laughs> 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 it, it was uh, primarily Arabs, Asians, and maybe a few white kids. So yeah. we didn't listen to grunge. Grunge was not our thing. Um, yeah, that fascinates me because it's similar time period, but grunge was there. Like it was, and I suppose now, now I think about it, rural white kids. The grunge thing was rural white kids. Like yeah. you know, Seattle was quasi rural. Exactly. And around yeah. there, but and then we did have like a few older kids, and I, um, like I think in year ten or eleven, when I was in year eight or something, they were into metal. So they were okay. the only ones I could chat with about it. Um, but yeah, it's like that. The area I grew up in, it became very, um, very ethnic. And, uh, yeah, it, the demographic changed of who grew up there. Uh, so, yeah, Greenacre, I remember, used to be... like I remember we were the first Arabs in Greenacre. Oh, wow. Yeah. There was no other Arabs in there. And then all of a sudden, that changed because my dad told all his friends, this place is cheap. <laughs> 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 and we took over. Uh, but it, it is strange how, like, a suburb like that can be taken over mm. by uh, a group. It's... Well, it's yeah. just the changing face of like any. It's amazing how like yeah, different parts of Sydney, the identity of them changes yeah. over time, just depending you know who. And that's one of the. It's a, I suppose it's one of the exciting things about Sydney in that in places really do change, and yeah. it's like everyone laments gentrification, but at a certain point, like you got to go. Well, okay, I, I'm not for gentrification in the sense of let's get this to a point where you know average the people that live there now can't afford to live there yeah. can't afford to yeah. move but gentrification's done the northern beaches brilliant there's people living at the northern beaches families that have been there for generations who now live in multi-million dollar houses 
that were bought in you know the sixties yeah. and seventies, and and the same in the Sutherland Shire anyway. And that's as Sydney expands, that sort of seems to happen. Yeah, um, quite a bit. But I think you need a balance. Like I th- I'm, I'm not for um, just because someone's uh, somewhere's always been the kind of a kind of a bit of a, for lack of a better word, a shithole. It's always got to be a shithole. Let's. Mm. I'm all for like you know, okay, let's improve places, well, but not to the detriment of the people that live there. Yeah, I well, that's uh, Redfin's a perfect example. Example. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was a teenager. Don't go to Redfern. It's crime ridden. It's all that. Now you just walk down the street. And no one cares. Yeah, exactly. You know? it's, it's beautiful. And yeah. and look, there's people that say that it's lost its soul or whatever. And I, I don't know how I feel about has that sort it of stuff. But I don't th- I think it has. Yeah, I feel yeah. like it's still got edges. Yeah, like there, there's still certain streets you don't go down. But yeah. you know, the rest of it's fine. Um, they still have the meth heads. That's um, like in my area. It's but so it's good. Every yeah. <laughs> I think that's everywhere in uh, in you know any city now. And look, probably country towns. I've not lived in the country. Oh yeah, well, no, time. it's really prevalent in the country towns. Yeah, yeah, that's what I hear. It's because um, there's nothing to do. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, that's why I was like really disappointed with Abbott um, for not putting the NBN program earlier. Oh man, because then they got stuff to do. Don't start yeah. me on the NBN. I did get oh, I get yeah. wound up. Um, would you would. We have such a bad internet service for a modern, rich country. Yeah. Like, say what you want about our country, but... And it's just complete lack of vision um, on the part of politicians and unwillingness to... But, like, it's like if they decided that the Snowy Mountain scheme... Ah, uh, look, we're probably not going to need all of it, so <laughs> let's just build heart. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Do it do it properly. Outlay big in the first instance, and then... Well, yeah. the reason... When we got rid of the trams in Sydney, um, oh, you know, and they're like, oh, no, everyone's going to have cars. It's like, no. no. Oh, great. And we have, like, one of the worst transport systems in the world. Yeah. Um, like, they're not frequent enough. They're not... Um, like, they say, oh, every 15 minutes. I'm like, people have shit to do. We live in a, in a world now that you need to be at a place. I feel like we've yeah. turned into talk back radio. I'm, I'm going to take a call. We've got Susan Kaiser yep. with us. All right. Uh, let me tell you what I hate about white people. No. <laughs> <laughs> Online for Barry. Yeah. Barry, what are you upset with? Mate, I'll tell you. <laughs> um, but well, yeah, like, it's, he it's was just talking about these Arabs coming in and taking <laughs> over co- uh, suburbs. I don't like it. <laughs> what, what suburb are you from? Punchbowl? We're yeah. always Arabs. Always Arabs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. Like, Sydney, and they reckon the population is going to double in like 50 years. Good, because people can come to my shows now. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is what I like about you. You, you always see the, uh, the positive marketing angle on any story. Yeah, well, I've always looked at the big picture. I've never, I, you cannot control me down to a small level. Yeah. Um, because I grew up on TV and I grew up on the American dream. Yeah. It doesn't have been an Australian dream. No, the, we, n- we never got that far. There's the Australian life, but not the Australian dream. Um, I don't know if it's different for white people, but for me, it, it's not. For I'm Arabs just trying and stuff. to think. If it, I d- See, try to think. There is no Australian dream. No, not not one that's ubiquitous. I wouldn't have thought. Um, and but there's the Australian life of living easy, uh, yeah. comfortable, and having having a laugh. Just, yeah, that yeah. that real balance between you know stress and. But my dad was a uh, problem gambler, and him and my mom would go to the uh, to the casino at pretty much God. nightly. So the babysitter for us was TV, and I'm glad we had cable. And we started watching all these movies, and I grew up on all that stuff. I was going to say you are a real pop culture uh, fiend. Oh yeah, your DVD collection at your house. I'm, I'm going to start selling a lot of them. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, we just got Netflix, 
And yeah. um, like I didn't get it for me. Uh, my housemate got it because she was like, oh, I want to watch this show. I'm like, well, I'm not downloading it. You do it. So we got Netflix. I'm like, this, half my collection's on this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need all these. They're just taking up space now. And now, yeah, it feels like that's that's the way everything's going to be from now on. It's yeah. Like but I still keep like my superhero DVDs because I like the covers. I like yep. all that cool stuff. And Plus, you, you're a bit of a collector of that sort yeah. of stuff. So you're into, you're into comic books. Massively well. into comic books. I've been in comic books since I was about eight. Wow. Yeah. But it was not the cool stuff. It was like the Casper and the Richie Rich comics. Yeah. And uh, I was into Asterix and Obelix. They were the best. I love that crap. Amazing. Yeah. Have you read any of them recently? No. There's recent okay. ones? No, no, no. Not recent ones. Go back and reread them. Uh-huh. And there's the amount of jokes that are in there that you had no idea were in there as a kid. Uh-huh. Uh, phenomenal. Especially if you know anything about um, any periods of history or anything like that. There's uh, lots of little historical jokes. There's lots of little... Yeah, little subtle jokes that are fantastic. There's a joke that always stuck with me, and it was from the Asterix and the Soothsayer. Yep. Uh, for those who know Soothsayers, are like fortune tellers, whatever. And they'll, they'll talk about different types of Soothsayers, and ones will describe skyscrapers and that, and everyone just laughed that person off and was like, yeah, yeah. that'll never happen. You know, <laughs> it's just a funny kind of joke, and it's always yeah. stuck with me, that one. Yeah, that, there's full of that sort of good stuff. Didn't you even watch the Asterix, the, the cartoons? They made a couple yeah. of cartoon movies, and Asterix had a French accent, mm. which is fantastic. Yeah. Because, like, the, the, this, you're talking about way pre yeah. France, France. <laughs> talking about pretty much German France. Like, yeah, yeah. Like it, was, it was a. Yeah. There was that, and um, the Asterix movies don't, aren't as great as the, no. the cartoon and the comics, but. So, did you read Tintin as well, or did you... No, I read a little bit of Tintin, but I was See, mostly in Asterix. Well, this is interesting, because everyone I speak to that's into comedy read Asterix, right? All the hipster art people read Tintin. Oh, r- yeah. yeah. And everyone else who didn't read them are working blue-collar jobs. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's weird that Asterix... Because there's so many puns in there as well. Yeah, all the yeah. names. Yeah. Uh, ending with X, you know. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah. It was just, you know, uh, for something that's French, that's translated in English, the joke surprisingly worked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's obviously um, very, very clever. Mm. Very, very clever and well-written. Um, yeah, so what was your... So, obviously, Asterix and Obelix and the, yep. the Caspers and your Richie Riches early on. What what are you... If you had to pick now, like I'm saying, Seizure, you're being sent to, um, uh, I don't know, Desert Island somewhere. Yep. Um, you can only take three comic series, so you can take you pick your characters. Yep. Um, you got three of them. Who are you taking? Well, I'm a massive Batman nut. I got to take it. Yep. The '90s cartoons what got me into it. Um, I didn't even like the movies when I was a kid. Oh, I really? Yeah. Didn't like Tim Burton's Batman. I know. It was just as a kid, it's too it was dark. A bit kitsch. Too, yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. When you look at it now, it does come and off like a little kitsch. Uh, uh, really? Okay, mm. this sounds. Lame. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's a guy that I used to hang out with uh, uh, at a comic book shop uh, not too long ago. I used to have a podcast called Comics Over Comics. Yep. And uh, Jim was his name. He hated the original Batman movie is because uh, um, Batman blows up a, a chemical plant and all these chemicals get let out in the air. And he's an environmentalist. He hated that just for <laughs> that scene. I'm like, come on, man. There's worse things you can pick. But yeah, so Batman, I'll definitely take that. Long series, I you know, it'll take me years to finish anyway. Um, I'll also take probably um, uh, there's one series called The Boys by Garth Ennis. 
Yep. And it's one of my favorite comic book series. Uh, Garnet Athenis is great. He's done a lot of uh, cool, like the Daredevil season two yep. is based on his stories. Um, Preacher, the new show, I don't know if you've heard about it. Uh, that's his series as well. But The Boys is all about a bunch of uh, mercenaries who go, go around kicking the shit out of superheroes when they get out of line. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's one of the wow. darkest comics, but so funny. Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. I, Because I, I'm not into comics and in yeah. real... Um, in those those sort of superhero comics or anything like that. But i got to say, I've been enjoying the um, the Marvel... Um, the, the movie universe? Movie universe. I like them, but I'm, I don't think they're great. Because for me, a good comic needs a good villain. And with yeah. the Marvel stuff, there's not a great villain. Loki's all right. What does Loki do? Ooh, I'm a mostly, mostly <laughs> broods. He broods exactly. It's boring yeah. as fuck. Like you, you took take Loki versus Heath Ledger's Dark uh, Joker. Yeah. Well, th- yeah. see now that's your, that that um, collection of the Batman films well, was spot on. Yeah. Like I know the last one there was a bit like some loopholes. Here, I mean, some plot holes here yeah. and there. But overall, as a series, it's one of the best trilogies of all time. I'm just getting my um, eight-year-old. He and I, we've just watched, we just on the weekend watched um, from the Marvel series, we watched Civil War, Captain America Civil yeah. War. And um, we're, I think we, a couple of weeks ago, we, he had a, oh, God, about four weeks ago now, he had he was sick home from school. So um, we put on um, uh, Batman Begins. Oh, nice. And he was really, really fascinated getting yeah. into it. And it was so, like, I know that, unfortunately, that's the start of all the dark superhero movies. Yeah. But it was such a good movie. That was. I've watched Batman Begins more than I've watched Dark Knight. Yeah. And I love the Joker. It's my, one of my favorite characters. Um, in my top three, easily. But I still prefer Batman Begins. Okay, what do you think of Jared Leto's Joker in <laughs> Suicide uh, Kings? Uh, Suicide, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, yeah. Sorry. Suicide, Suicide Kings, Kings is a different movie. <laughs> very, yeah. yeah, very different movie. Um, Suicide Kings is the one with uh, Walken, right? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, that's a yeah. great movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so Leto, like, apparently he complained there's not enough screen time for him. They filmed a whole bunch of stuff that they cut out. Oh, and wow. we didn't get to see the actual Joker he's supposed to be. But I did not care for it. No, yeah. neither did I. It was He's very Marilyn Manson. Yeah, I didn't yeah. find him threatening. The no, way Heath Ledger's Joker was threatening. You did not know what was coming. Yeah. But in the comic books uh, at the moment, they've said, uh, because no one knows who the Joker's identity is. In Tim Burton's movie, they said, oh, it's Jack Napier, he used to be a gangster. That's not part of the comic world. Mm. Yeah. So... Uh, recently, Justice League 50 in the new 52, if anyone's interested, <laughs> they revealed the Joker's identity. And Batman asked this all-knowing uh, being, who is the Joker? And he goes, well, I can't answer that. And Batman's like, well, why not? And he goes, well, because there's three Jokers. Uh. And I was just like, what? And that's where they ended. They ended on a cliffhanger. Wow. And no one's like, what? And it kind of pissed off a lot of people. It definitely pissed me off. Yeah. But... I watched this um, thing called film theory and I was talking about three different jokers. And if you think about it, it could represent each age. Like the golden age where it was like this weird, sinister um, uh, person, which is the Heath Ledger Joker. Yeah. The, the Silver Age Joker is the Cesar Romero from the Batman 66 series. Where it's all campy and weird <laughs> and funny, but not really a threat. Yeah. Then you have Jack Nicholson's Joker of the uh, Bronze and Modern Age, who is a more of a gangster. Yeah, Jared Leto mirrors uh, Jack Nicholson's more. Yeah. So this three three th- um, three Joker theory kind of makes sense. Yeah. But it's still 
I don't know if it's cop out yet because they haven't revealed much details after this. So okay, Ben Affleck's Batman. I thought he was awesome. Ah, yeah. good. No, um, see, because I remember, I remember, and I, I tweeted about it. And I didn't quite word the tweet right. Yeah. Whenever when all the Batman nerds were getting upset that Ben Affleck was going to be the uh, was going to be Batman. Yeah. Um, I um I had to point out to people online. Look, I I know you feel like your favorite comic book's been ruined, but just remember that my favorite comic book as a kid was Asterix and Obelix and uh, if you want to see the movies feel free yeah. uh, with Jared Jeopardy as <laughs> yeah. as Obelix they are horrible oh yeah so yeah at well, least at least a br- see now I like say what you want about Ben Affleck Ben Affleck one can act and yeah. two can direct yeah um, now I know he's not directing these but like these no he's directing the second uh, the, the Batman movie is he yeah okay so here's what I find interesting uh, Batman vs Superman I don't know. Did you watch it? No, not yet. Okay. One of the biggest disappointments of all time. One this of the worst movies of all time. Most boring movies of all time. <laughs> like, my girlfriend got um, uh, got us tickets to go watch it. We went to the premiere. Yep. Uh, and we were so excited. Uh, and within 10 minutes, we are just like, let's leave. <laughs> oh, wow. It was so bad. Uh, uh, it dragged. And all the people that tried defending it, are fucking fanboys. And that's one thing I can't stand, fanboys. Yeah. Uh, people who are so into something, they cannot see the faults. Like, I love Kevin Smith. I think he's one of, he's one of my favorite directors. He's made some shit in the last few years. Yeah. You know? But as a fan, you should be able to speak up. You should be able to say, no, this is bad. Yeah. Because well, it makes the person better. And the thing is, too, is you can, you can love someone's work. You don't have to love all of it. Like, yeah. Like Kevin Smith's, like Clerks, brilliant, great film. Dogma, I, I really yeah. enjoy Dogma. I think that's a good film. Um, you know, some of the other ones. Uh, Chasing Amy is oh, a great film. so good. Yeah, but um, Tusk or Tusk Yoga Hoosers, or, which yeah, oh. it's just like oh, okay. Like yeah. and, and look, I, the way I look at it is, you know what? That's not for me. Mm. Like obviously, he's doing something different that yeah. he's fucked into. That's well, not for me. Well, Tarantino. I don't like Jackie Brown. I like his other movies. I don't like yeah. Jackie Brown. Yeah, um, fair enough. Uh, Spielberg. He's made a bunch of crap as well, though. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, they're, they're any anyone who's putting out that much content is going to make some stuff that's not... Well, yeah, you know, no one's it. put out an album or a, mo- a series of movies or anything that has consistently been good. Yeah. Even Kubrick. Eyes Wide Shut is the biggest piece of shit of all time. Yeah, yeah. And then people say it was great after he died. I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah. whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's easy to it's easy once posthumously, you know, yeah. say that someone was never put a foot wrong. So well, that's the thing with Bowie died. Um, I was never a Bowie fan, and my theory is like you have to be kind of white to enjoy Bowie, because um, like yeah. we didn't listen to that. It wasn't in part of our there's there's culture. so many. If you go to the Bowie catalog, though, there's so many different Bowies. Yeah, you could, and even if you go, this isn't for me. This isn't my stuff. It, there's, you can, I think, there's there's a level of skill mm-hmm. there that even if it's not your kind of music, you can appreciate. Yeah, you, you can know appreciate what I mean? it. Yeah, like no, I, that's like fine. I've, I've, and I look at different different kinds of music, and I'm like, you know, I can see like. It's like when I listen to the, the, the pop stuff, like both my kids are now like coming online musically and they're, they're like, you know, eight and six. So they're, they're what they, what 
ticks their brain is the is the pop stuff. So they they like the Taylor Swifts and they like yeah. the um the Katy Perry's and that sort of stuff, which is fine. Um, but and having listened to that, just hearing how hook laden it all is, and you can just go, oh, I appreciate it. this has been constructed in a way that it keeps that brain just bam bam bam, and they do they get stuck in your head. Yeah, it's not for me because I want something a bit more but if they're if it's on in the car and we're singing i'll I'll happily sing along with my kids to it what i don't like which is where i lose that that sort of stuff loses me is like you know you get your i don't want to single anyone out in particular um because a lot of different people have done it but say miley cyrus for example i say i don't want to single anyone out but i'm gonna um miley cyrus as an example of this happening right so child star you know builds their fame and then says i want to reinvent myself as a you know i want to be taken seriously as an adult yeah um fine uh, do do that, great. Grow as a person and as an artist and do what you want to do. So then start singing about themes that are much uh, very, very adult, mm-hmm. um, but still is singing to that same yeah. pop music stuff that's appealing to nine-year-olds. And it's only, like, and I, and I know this makes me sound like an old man, but when you hear a bunch of nine and ten-year-old girls singing some of the lyrics to that shit, yeah. you just go, oh, these girls don't, like... Just let them be little. They don't... You can see how in their teenage years when they understand what they've been singing, yeah. all of a sudden, that how that can fuck with young girls' heads and, and young guys' heads, I mm. suppose. But, you know, I just look at that stuff and it's like, oh, man, that's... Well, I'm glad no one figured out what Who Let the Dogs Out was originally about. Uh, oh. You, you don't know this? No. Okay, so Who Let the Dogs was about, like, ugly girls in clubs. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's mean. Right. Um, but so no I one can understand country. what they were saying in the when they're singing anything. They're verses. No one can understand them. But they heard the chorus and they're like, "Oh, it's a fun song." But yeah, it was just about ugly girls and clubs. Oh, that's just me- that's ruined that song for me. Yeah, now. Take I, that bar, man. I grew up in the country. I yeah. figured it was just someone had left the gate open, or you yeah. know, hadn't hadn't tied the dogs up at the end of the day. Makes sense there. Yeah, yeah. they're out hassling the sheep. <laughs> But so yeah, it, it's just very disappointing. It, it, the, the whole music industry right now, it, it's I'm wondering where it's going to go, because oh. you could see the trends, uh, trends how they changed and how people use music, because uh, there were statements. Yeah. Right? Um, see, I never went under the philosophy of music change that music's changed the world. I don't believe that, but music has changed uh, fashion and it's changed um, culture, but yeah. changed the world. I don't think it actually has done that. But anyway, back to the whole culture thing, music changes with culture. But now because we're doing this whole revival stuff, like, oh, it's very 90s or it's very 80s or very this, it's just like, well, yeah, I, where's I it going to go? Is it going like, to evolve? I feel like we might be primed for a for a, a big new tr- change in music, like a new trend. Well, um, I think metal's going to come back, but in a different way. Like yeah, something hard and heavy. Because this yeah. is like, you look at where grunge came out of. Grunge came out of the, the hair metal stuff. Yeah. The ha- well, not even the hair metal, the hair pop, yeah, rock yeah. stuff like the poison hair bands. and yeah, uh, you know, uh, it was a Molly reaction. Crew. It was a reaction to that, like over, over synthetic sort of look of things, and the the the, the whole thing with grunge was played down and dirty, and you know, it's not supposed to look pretty. Yeah. Um. So I think a lot of music trends come as a reaction to what's coming before. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I, well, I, I mean, fun, maybe fun. we're going to see a a um a real boom in um, conservative lyric music. Maybe. It's like, you know... Well, I, I don't know, because like... <laughs> imagine <thinking> that. <laughs> yeah. You all of a sudden got pop stars thinking, of, like, singing about, oh, the importance of the family. 
<laughs> country music it'll always be the same <laughs> yeah nah man country music oh there's some crazy uh, yeah I've, the Dixie Chicks documentary is one of my favourite docos all oh, the really? time yeah shut up and sing yeah. it's so good I like, I like t- it's amazing as I get older see that's the thing too yeah. uh, growing up growing up in the country country yeah. music oh man I wouldn't have been caught dead Really? Uh, in the part, yeah. And look, I know it's different in different parts. Like you say, you grew up in the country, and I think some people um, who grew up in cities assume that it's sort of all a bit, um, a bit homogenized. Like it's all the country's the same. There's, it's really from town to town, even very different. Like even from different farm places. to farm, uh, I've yeah. experienced. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so these, um, and so yeah, where I was, like country music really wasn't a thing. That said, I did like, like amongst the kids, like no one really got into it. Um, and it was seen as a bit daggy or whatever. But um, I, d- I did go as a kid and see John Williamson yeah. at the golf club and uh, thoroughly enjoyed uh, the <laughs> crocodile role yeah. when he played that. Um, uh, I believe he played in the encore as well. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's so that sort of um, that sort of Australiana music, like that yeah. that was seen when I was a kid as, as a bit daggy. Mm. But, see, I, I, I kind of get – I can get into almost any music if it's got a good – it's got a good, a yeah. good tune and and interesting lyrics. Uh, I'm a yeah. sucker for any song with a story. Well, everyone says like music nowadays sucks, and most of it's true. But that's the thing. The good music you have to, you still have to search for it. That's the know? thing. Is is now that that now it's so um, so diversified in terms of um, people don't go after like apart from the the top end of the pop yeah. market and that people don't go after big sections of the market anymore. They go after niches. Yeah. And and yeah, you can really go out and find what you want. Well, I got into this band recently. I think it's called In This Time. I, I, I keep getting the name wrong, but it's something like that. Yeah, you get um, old. That's what old blokes do. No, it's because it's such a, a weird name for this band. Mm. It's like it's like Lady Gaga meets Marilyn Manson. Oh, really? It's crazy. Um, and yeah, and the girl, she's great. She's uh, like got this really growly voice and that, but she's hot as hell, and it's weird. Um, That's fantastic. But yeah, you have to search for this stuff. You yeah. can't find it. Um, otherwise, it's just going to be like whatever Katy Perry releases next or Taylor Swift. <laughs> but I, I, what I find weird is music now, because it's all this whole positive affirmations, a positive society we're trying to do with the PC culture, we don't have a Marilyn Manson of our time. We don't have a, um, a Trent Reznor of our time, uh, of this time, basically. Oh, sorry. We have a Trent Reznor, but he's inside the Trent Reznor that ate him. Yeah, pretty much. Because a different dude. Mind you, he's making interesting films and stuff. Yeah, and video game music. Um, But having said that, I find it very strange that the people think Drake is like a hardcore gangster, and Drake is like one of the most boring. Isn't he Canadian? He's Canadian. Yeah, Yeah. and like, oh man, he's got beef with blah blah blah, and they talk about it. When I was in the states, like that's all I was talking about. It was like Drake's beef with this other rap star, and I'm like. This is not Tupac and Biggie. This is no one. Ca- this is not interesting. And everyone's like, no, no. And they kept talking about yeah, it. I don't think Tupac and Biggie was interesting until um, well, when the gun started. Yeah, yeah. That's when I was like, okay, that's that's something. Like, oh shit, these blokes aren't playing. Yeah, this is um, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I don't know enough about that stuff. I know like Daniel Towns. Um, oh, he's mad into yeah. hip hop and loves yeah. it. And to, he's a bit like I think too the story behind that style of hip hop. And I think that older hip hop too was. Um, and look at me dismissing newer hip-hop. Yeah. I wouldn't well, have a clue. I'll give um, you a documentary series to watch called Beef. Yep. Uh, and it's all about rap rivalries. Beef 1 and 2, great docos. 3 and 4, not so much. And the TV series, get rid of it. But that it explains why all these fights started to happen. 
it started from like the early 80s hip hop scene where one guy he was you know he did his little rap like hip to the hop to the whatever <laughs> and yeah, yeah. and he was such a dick I like that, that one yeah <laughs> that's a great song <laughs> and then he was such a dick he decided to leave and the guy after him right cuz he, he um he wasn't supposed to get on till like 9 the guy had to get, get on at 8:30 half an hour earlier uh, and he wasn't ready so he just starts dissing him with all these rap um rap lyrics Live. And as the guy was heading to the car, he heard all this, came back, and then they had a rap rivalry, and that's where it all started. I love that modern hip hop is basically, like modern hip hop, th- those rap battles, it's basically some of the scariest people on earth, like these mad gangsters, yeah. just having a competition over who can insult each other best in rhyming couplets. Yeah. I, like I love that that's, it's such a, uh, like, I think in the way we look at Shakespearean stuff. Yeah has been a bit like you can appreciate the art but some, like when you're a kid you go this is just silly like why yeah. would anyone talk like that I think you know in 300 500 years time people are going to look at that and go why would these like hardened essentially <laughs> like you know warriors of their neighbourhoods yeah why did they think they needed to talk in rhyming couplets it'll be fascinating to see well it's the same with not it. that I'll be here yeah. but yeah when people say how like um, Jorg Jorgensen from um, uh, Ministry yep um, like very metal uh, goth metal kind of stuff. Say, so, oh, he's hardcore. He's like, it's such a fucking metalhead. He's fucking dangerous. Like he he sings. That's yeah. all he does. Yeah, he's like, a singer. What what <laughs> makes him hardcore? Because he can growl. And fucking Simba those, can growl. A lot of those metal dudes too are like full on classically trained. Yeah. Guys, like they're not even. It's not even a um. You know, it's like one thing you can say for the the. The rap and especially the early rap, it was just stuff that guys worked out on the street, like, yeah. Because they were, you know, bored and just sitting around, and and that's and that's how it developed. Whereas that stuff is a lot of it, guys who are classically trained musicians taking it into a place that's totally, um, well, totally that's different to the yeah. Well, th- that's why they say metal and uh, classical music are on the same kind of level because it is very intricate, uh, intricate. Intricate. Sorry, I said the word wrong. Um, like I'm not white. I'm not allowed to use these words, <laughs> and so uh, it, it's on the same. It's on the same par as a classical metal. However, the audience of metal are stupid as fuck, and that is a problem. Yeah, some. Yeah. Of the, I think some of the dumbest people I've ever met have been into metal. But then, by contrast, some of the smartest people I've ever metal. met have been into we metal. We have no like medium. There's no yeah. middle ground. Yeah. There's no guy that's like, yeah, you look like, oh yeah, I like reading Dan Brown novels, but yeah. uh, you know, yeah. I also but like listening to metal. Like it's yeah. like I don't read really, because that's. That's yeah. just nah. Yeah. No, I'm then like no, Ozzy Osbourne all the way. And you're like, yeah. but what about Ronnie James Dio when he took over uh, Black Sabbath? No, man. <laughs> I think there's, like, a, okay. there's a difference between um, there's guys that are into metal for the attitude and guys that are into metal for the yeah. for well, the music. Yeah. Well, I know a lot of a programmers are into metal because that's how they program. It's when they sit down on a computer, it's like and it's got that same kind of mathematical beat. rhythm. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Hey, I'm just looking at the clock. We've probably hit an hour and we're going to have to go actually do some comedy. Oh, that thing. Um, <laughs> but thank you very much for coming on the, the podcast. Not a problem. I enjoyed us uh, talking about comics. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I never picked my third comic. Oh, pick your third comic. Quick. Oh, great. Oh, this is hard. The Punisher. The Punisher? The Punisher, yeah. Right. Like Batman, but kills. Yeah. Batman was his his moral... Batman with no money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there is that too. Mm. There is that. Okay, that's that's cool. Um, all right. Well, 
actually, if you want to, uh, my one of the guests, previous guests on this has uh, is actually working on the uh, the new one of the new Lego Batman movies. Really? Currently, he's an animator. And, wow. Um, yeah, he was telling me a few things that sound like it's going to be pretty. I can't cool. wait for that movie. Yeah, like, it's the f- uh, it's a meta Batman movie, which is going to be amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. it's pretty amazing. Yeah. So the stuff he's told me, you're going to love it. Um, anyway, well, thank you very much. I'll definitely have you back on again because uh, yeah, I had a few questions that uh yeah we just started <laughs> talking about music then and uh that was a good chat very easy yeah <laughs> all right Susie kaiser thanks very much for coming on the podcast thank you mr barnett all right see ya